Philippians chapter 4 and verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Do you know that the word rejoice is in the Bible 238 times? And many of these times it's talking about rejoicing in the Lord. Then God is trying to get a message through to us. And you see that Paul mentions it twice in the same verse. The same sentence. Or two sentences there. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. You see, when Paul says that, you see that when it says rejoice in the Lord always, there's something natural that comes up inside of us that says, Ah, oh, I don't feel like it. You know, something that goes against our nature. That's why he says right there, again, I'm telling you, rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. And the problem is, is that we're not rejoicing in the Lord because we're not focusing on the Lord. We're not focusing on all His love and care and promises and His great salvation. We're focusing on what's going on in our life day by day, and what's going on in the future. You know, there's many in Christendom the past couple days in this country that have woken up with a woe-is-me attitude because the Republicans lost the election. (laughs) And I'm like, guess what? God is still on the throne. And they should take heed to the words of Nebuchadnezzar. Where he says that God puts on the throne whoever he wills. And he puts on the throne the lowest of men. He doesn't say what kind of lowest, lowest of character, lowest of circumstances, he doesn't say. But you know, Nebuchadnezzar had to eat grass for whoever it was, seven years, seven weeks, seven months, whatever, seven times it says. He had to eat grass and he lost his mind for a period of time just to find that out. Because he thought it was his own power and his own will and his own majesty that, that made him king over, over, you know, over nations at that time. He's the most powerful king of the earth at that time. Yes, God puts on the thrones of kingdoms and nations, presidents, prime ministers, kings, whoever he chooses. And even if it's the lowest of men. (coughs) So we don't have to worry about that. We should respect authority and not be sweating it. (coughs) And we should be rejoicing in the Lord at all times. Because it says so. 
But why should we rejoice? You don't understand my circumstances. You don't understand what I'm going through right now. You don't understand my family. You don't understand my job, my marriage. You don't understand what my kids are doing. You don't understand. No, but God does. And even th- and He understands and He says rejoice in Him always. At all times. So I don't feel like it. You know, sometimes we don't feel like it because we're listening to the wrong voice. We're listening to the flesh, the the natural inclinations. We're looking at situations. Oh man, you know, you know. Look at look what I'm going through. Look at my financial situation. Look at this. Look at that. We're looking in the natural, but we're called to be spiritual. To be carnally minded is death. To be the naturally minded man brings death into our life. That's why we're discouraged. That's where we're depressed. That's why we feel down. Because we're walking in the natural, not the spiritual. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And we're in a, we rejoice in the Lord in that place because we see things differently. We see as God sees, not as, man, not as a natural man sees. And we can rejoice in every and all situations. And every day in life, we can rejoice in the Lord. And we can rejoice because, as we mention often, Romans 8.28... All things work out for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to His purpose. God has a plan for each of us. And we can rejoice in that, that instead of being bogged down by our circumstances and having a oh-no kind of an attitude and oh, look how bad this is kind of an attitude and all that negativity, as Dave brought out a couple weeks ago, this is a positive message. God's promises are real. And if we focus on them, lifts us high above our circumstances. Those who wait on the Lord, He will renew their strength. He says, He will give them wings as eagles. What do we need wings as eagles for? To rise, to, to rise up above our circumstances. To be at a place where we are beyond discouragement. George Mueller mentioned that in his, one of his books. About, he says we're beyond, when we're trusting in God, we're beyond discouragement. We're at a place where discouragement isn't going to reach us. We struggle because we listen to the devil, too. That's why we struggle. That's why we're discouraging. Because we're looking at circumstances. We're looking at things in the eyes of the natural. We're listening to the wrong voice. Listen to the enemy. Those are the kind of things that bring us down. That's not God's will. That's not God's will for the children of God. And we have to face that and do something about it. Or we can drag along, we drag our knuckles along the ground and just let the weight of the world be on our shoulders. It's not God's will. It's not His way. It's not spiritual. The spiritual mind has hope in the Lord. Now may the God of all hope fill you with joy and peace in believing. A mindset of believing fills us with joy and hope. We believe God's Word. We were talking about that in recent weeks. We believe God's Word. And we apply it to our life. And it fills us with joy and peace no matter what our circumstances are.
Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Although it doesn't seem logical, it doesn't seem practical, it doesn't seem realistic, it seems idealistic, the fact of the matter is, that's what the Lord is telling us to do. Rejoice in all circumstances. And we can say, well, I've never done that. We have to learn from Him. So I want to take us through some scriptures that will help us along the way. First from the book of Psalms where we see a brother from way back, David, who wrote many of the Psalms. And if you read the story of David, if you read First and Second Samuel, you begin to almost break out into a sweat seeing all that David went through. And yet, he found a rejoicing, you find a rejoicing heart in David. So in the book of Psalms, chapter 5, Psalm 5:11 But let all those who rejoice, but let all those rejoice who put their trust in you. Let them ever shout for joy because you defend or protect them. You cover them, it also says. Let those who love your name be joyful in you. For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous with favor. You will surround them as with a shield. God is with us. We have to look up our eyes to the hills and see where our help comes from. Our help comes from the Lord who created heaven and earth. This morning I was sitting out back and I was looking up at blue sky and this beautiful tree across the street. It's a maple tree in the glorious color. And I was looking up in the sky and there's the moon sitting there, a half moon sitting up there. God holding it up on nothing. God's handiwork, His existence is shown to us through things He's created. His, his glory, His majesty, His presence, His existence is shown to us in the things that He's made. And He says we should put our trust in Him and rejoice. Let all those rejoice who put their trust in Him and ever I don't ever shout for joy. It means at all times we can worship the Lord and rejoice in Him. Our circumstances may not be good. They may look dark and feel dark. And they may in fact be dark. But that doesn't have to drag us down. We don't have to be burdened with those things. But we can rejoice in the Lord. Our Savior and our helper. And he will defend us. He's our helper. 
and also in Psalm 9, in verse 1. I will praise you, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will tell of all your marvelous works or your wonders. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. And later on in the psalm, he talks about rejoicing in his salvation. Rejoicing in God. That when our circumstances and our trials and, and everything we're going through, that's not where our, our heart should be. We should be praising the Lord with all of our heart. So I don't feel like it. Sometimes it's a step of faith. That we know who the Lord is. And we know where, where He's at and what He's done. And we know His greatness. And at all times we can rejoice in Him. The good times, the bad times, the ugly times. At all times. We can rejoice and exalt in Him. At all times. Whether we feel like it or not. Because that's what the Holy Spirit calls us to do. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Think about it. This is the way the Holy Spirit is leading us. Every day. And at all times. At all hours of the day. I will be glad and rejoice in you. Luke chapter 10. I referred to this in the men's meeting the other night. Jesus sent out 70 disciples of His to go out and preach the Word and cast out demons, heal the sick, raise the dead, and all this stuff. And then in verse 17, they return. Let's read what they say, what it says here. Luke 10, 17. Then the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents, scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice... Because your names are written in heaven. And that hour Jesus rejoiced in the Spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. They have hidden these things from the wise and the prudent and revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in your sight. All things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows who the Son is except the Father, and who the Father is except the Son, 
and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal Him. You see these disciples came back and they were like, wow! The demons, they have to obey us so we cast them out. And He says, and Jesus said to them, He said, don't rejoice in that. You know, the wow factor that, you know, when you see somebody casting, you see you had the power to cast out demons, that appeals to the natural person as well. You know, to the natural man. Jesus said, don't rejoice in that. He said, rejoice. Not because the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Don't rejoice in that empowerment that the demons are subject to us. He said, rejoice because your names are written in heaven. And that is a powerful statement that Jesus said. Rejoice because your names are written in heaven. So we can look well beyond our circumstances. Because guess what? We're not going to be here forever. And it may be very soon that we're taken away from this place. We don't know when Jesus returns. But He is returning. We will pass from this life one way or the other. And we are here comparatively a short time. When I tell this to kids, they, 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 they're astonished when I tell them this. I remember when they were, I was their age. And it just seemed, and some things just seemed like yesterday. I remember when I was a teenager. They find that hard to believe. I can remember back that far. But it's really, a lot of that stuff is kind of like you remember like it was yesterday. We're here a short time. And then we move on. And we should rejoice in the great salvation that's been given to us. Don't rejoice the things of this earth. Don't rejoice because subjects, I mean, uh, spirits are subject to us. But rejoice because our names are written in heaven. The assurance of eternal life. That's why we should be rejoicing. And we can rejoice in that at all times. No matter what our circumstances are, we're not going to be here forever. These circumstances are not going to last. We're moving on. We are strangers and pilgrims in the earth. We're passing through, serving the Lord on our way to go to be with Him. It says in one place in the New Testament, our salvation is closer than when we first believed. I first believed 40 years ago. I'm a lot closer to the throne of God than I was 40 years ago, that's for sure. All of us are. Time is marching on. We're getting a little closer every day to standing before the Lord. Rejoice. Because our names are written in heaven if we're in Christ. And if we're not, what are we waiting for? Join in. So you can rejoice too that your name is written in heaven. And we can know. We can know that. 
I've written these things to you, John writes, that you may know that you have eternal life. It's something that we can know. Jesus spoke it to his disciples, that they should rejoice because their names are written in heaven. He said it as a present thing, that they should rejoice in that assurance that their names are written in heaven. But rejoice because your names are written in heaven. At all times, we can be uplifted. We must lift. Our, we must go above our circumstances and look, see as God sees. In the first Samuel, it says, "Man does not see as God sees. Man looks at the outward appearance. We have to look at things as God looks at them." So how can we do that? He's given us His Holy Spirit. It says in 1 Corinthians that we may know the things that God has freely given us. And we can walk in that. We can rejoice in that. Always. The next one is in John 16. The Gospel of John Chapter 16. John 16, verse 20. Most assuredly, I say to you, that you will weep and lament, and the world will rejoice. And you will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will be turned into joy. He was talking to his disciples about when he was crucified and buried, they would lament and sorrow. He said, but their sorrow will be turned to joy, and that joy is because Jesus rose from the dead. And they would see the risen Christ. Verse 21, A woman, when she is in labor, has sorrow because her hour has come. But as soon as she has given birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish for the joy that a human being has born into the world. Therefore now have you sorrow. But I will see you again, and your heart will rejoice, and your joy no one will take from you. We can give it away, but no one can take it from you. The joy of the Lord, it says in Habakkuk, is our strength. Believing in Christ, believing the message of the Gospel, believing that He rose from the dead and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father gives us a joy that no one can take away from us. We rejoice in the love of God, that He loved us that much. There is a lot to rejoice in. But where have we been this week? I'm discouraged. I feel discouraged. I feel depressed. I feel down and out. I feel confused. 
feel a lot of things. I'm struggling. We're listening, <clears throat> to, we're listening to the flesh. We're down in our circumstances. We're down and dirty in our circumstances in the flesh. And we're thinking like a natural man. Oh no. Rejoice in the Lord always. You see that David, when his whole fam, all his wives and his children were kidnapped and his own men were going to stone him, it says he, re- he encouraged himself in the Lord. He rejoiced in the Lord in those times. Even in those dark times. God hasn't fallen off the throne. He hasn't become deaf. He hasn't become blind. And we are His children. God is still on the throne. And prayer changes things. Believe God. We rejoice in the Lord through faith. May the God of all hope fill us with joy and peace in believing. If we don't believe these things, there is no hope, there is no joy. There's a lot of misery. And there's a lot of struggle. And there's a lot of discouragement. And people have become so discouraged in Christendom, they're no longer walking with the Lord. As Paul talked about, people who are no longer walking with the Lord. He's weeping about it. He's, I'm writing this to you, weeping. Some of them even have become enemies of the cross, he said. Because they gave up hope and faith. They, have, they were not rejoicing in the Lord. They didn't see it. They were not walking in the Spirit. Rejoicing in the Lord. Do you have a joy? Do I have a joy today that no one takes away? Is this still there? Or is it left? It's time to renew that. We need, a, we need a revival in our hearts. To be in a place where we can rejoice in our circumstances. We can rejoice in our life and just stop looking at things in a negative light. Say, well, that's not realistic. That's not natural. It's not normal. You're right. Spiritual. Romans chapter 5. We're in the book of Romans. And we are reading through chapter 5. We started in chapter 5 on Wednesday. And it says in verse 1, Romans 5 1, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. We're rejoicing in hope. God has forgiven us by His mercy and grace. And we have peace between us and Him. Those who do not believe in Christ have no peace with God. They're still at enmity with God. God's judgment, His wrath, is still upon them. The way of the transgressor is hard. The wicked are like the wave of the sea. 
They can never rest. And we were all wicked before Christ in God's, in God's eyes. But through Christ, we have peace and joy. We rejoice. We have access by faith into the grace of God in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the, of the glory of God. Later on in the chapter, in verse 10, it says, For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God through the death of His Son, much more, having been reconciled, made peace with, we have been, shall be saved by His life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God. Through whom, through our Lord Jesus Christ, from now, we have received reconciliation. Peace between us and God. That's something we can rejoice in every day. Through faith. We have to get our eyes off of our circumstances and give them to the Lord and cast our burden on the Lord and rejoice in Him. Rise above it. Get our, get our mind above those things. In 2 Corinthians 10.4 it says, talks about spiritual warfare. It says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, natural, but mighty in God, the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imagination, and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing every thought captive to obeying Christ. And when he says rejoice in Him always, that's part of obeying Him. To rejoice in our trials and our circumstances that's obeying Him. That's part of trusting and obeying Him and walking in faith. We, we, we believe that He will reward us for diligently seeking Him. Let's rejoice. Let's not be a downer. Philippians chapter 3. Philippians 3.1 Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. There it is again. Instruction to the brethren, the brothers and sisters in Christ. Rejoice in the Lord. In verse 3, For we are the circumcision who worship God in the Spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh. No confidence in what we see, in our own strength, in our own power, in our own circumstances. No confidence in the flesh, but instead rejoice in Christ Jesus. He said, this is the people of God. These are the true people of God. They're rejoicing in Christ Jesus. Oh, wow, I haven't been doing that. Well, God is waking us up to the life in Christ and a very important aspect of it. Rejoicing in Him always. 
says it in the next chapter. It mentions this twice here in chapter 3, verse 1 and 3. Rejoice in the Lord, brothers. This is the New Testament people. And this is the circumcision, he says, in the New Testament. We worship God in the Spirit. We rejoice in Christ Jesus. And we have no confidence in the flesh. We walk by faith. The New Testament Christian walks by faith, not according to the flesh. And we rejoice in Christ Jesus. We can rejoice every day and all day. If we have the vision to see it. That's life in the Spirit. Rejoicing in Christ Jesus. First Peter 3, a couple verses in here, you can look if you want, you can just read them. First Peter 3, 6, I'm sorry, First Peter, First Peter chapter 1, 3 to 6, there was a 3 and 6 in there somewhere, First Peter chapter 1, verse 3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy, has begotten us again to a living hope. A living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. A joy that no one can take away from us. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that does not fade away, reserved for you in heaven. We have a great inheritance. Who are kept by the power of God through faith, for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. In this, you greatly rejoice. This should be a regular part of our thinking. I have an inheritance. Jesus said, He who believes shall inherit everything. Salvation is an all or nothing proposition. You get it all or you get nothing, worse than nothing. You get judgment. But for those whose names are written in heaven... We inherit everything. You hear that? And there's rich people, rich kids who have a, a parents who are very wealthy in, in the way of the world, and they say, "Wow." There's this one thought always in the back of their mind, if not in the front of their mind. Well, when dad and mom are gone. I'm going to get all this stuff. That's the way of the world. The way of the flesh. I get all this stuff. Everything that... This big mansion and all this property, it's going to be divided. I'm going to get some of this. I'm going to get a piece of this. And the less kids there are, the more they're going to get. Jesus said, Rejoice, little flock. It is the Father's good pleasure to give you His kingdom. The kingdom of God will be given to his children. It's the inheritance. It is inheritance, inheritance which is incorruptible and undefiled and is waiting for us. Just like the rich kids are waiting for their parents to pass away just so they can have their stuff. <clears throat> we have an inheritance waiting for us. 
<coughs> that inheritance is God's kingdom. He says he's going to give it to us. We are joint heirs in the kingdom of God. Heirs of the kingdom of God. And if we keep all this in the forefront of our mind and keep on reminding ourselves this, this is something we should remind ourselves every day. We are children of the King. We have a, an inheritance of riches, wealth, and all that stuff. Mansions. People of the world call it pie in the sky. It's not pie in the sky. It's a true inheritance. And we should rejoice because if we're in Christ, that's, restore, that's reserved for us in heaven. And we get to see the Lord, our, 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 our Maker, and the Maker of heaven and earth, with all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. We get to see Him. And we don't know what we'll be like, but we know that we see Him. We shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. We're going to be like Him. What's not the rejoicing? If we believe these things. If we believe these things, we can rejoice in them. All day, every day. Brothers, don't think it's strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing has happened to you. But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings. That when His glory was revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. We are going through fiery trials. Some of them because we follow Christ. Some of them just because that's life and all of its challenges. And sometimes it's because God is dealing with us in different ways. But the fact is that it works all together for the good and we can rejoice always. And not be anxious about anything. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Be anxious about nothing. That's what I wanted to share today. The Lord put on my heart for today. Been kind of simmering all week. And let there be a revival in our hearts. That we can be beyond discouragement. Beyond that place. When we talk about walking in the Spirit as we do, the second one of the fruits of the Spirit that's talked about when we walk in the Spirit is joy. Rejoicing in the Lord always. It is part of 
life in the Spirit. And it is a big part of it. It is where our mind and our heart needs to be. And if it's not, then we need to examine ourselves and seek the Lord for revival in our minds and our hearts and our life. Because something's wrong. And we're not able to walk in the joy of the Lord. We're not able to, to rejoice in the Lord at all times. We're looking at life through the natural eye and not through the eyes of the Spirit. Let there be revival in the Spirit as we rejoice in the Lord always and find out what that means so we're not dragging around and just being dark, negative. Oh, you know... Maybe God will help me. Maybe He won't. I don't know what's going to happen. You know, I hate what's going on right now. And, you know, and Jesus can let that stuff fester and simmer in us and just make us a, a miserable, pickled spirit inside. It's not the way of the Spirit. How do I know? We just read it in God's Word today. I'm not making this up. We just read it. You heard it from the Word of God. You saw it in His, in His Word today as we read it. This isn't me. This is what the Word of God says. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. We have to grow and come to this place of rejoicing. You heard it said that Jesus told His disciples to rejoice. And it says then He rejoiced. His Father, He rejoiced in His Spirit, in His inner man. And you know what? He was rejoicing. He knew he's going to the cross. Great suffering was waiting for him, and yet he was able to rejoice in his spirit. We can do it regardless of our circumstances. 